Life Audio. On this episode of Encouragement for You, thankfulness is the theme. And Dan Cathy of Chick-fil-A and Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley of Focus on the Family are my guests. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Thankfulness is the theme on this episode of Encouragement for You. In a past interview with Chick-fil-A chairman Dan Cathy, he and host Don Hawkins talk about how we often have more to be thankful for than we realize. Dan is an individual I've gotten to know well, and he's quick to express his thankfulness for all God's blessing on his life. So let's get right into our discussion with Dan Cathy. You know, we do have the opportunity, Dan, as Scripture says, to rejoice with those that rejoice and to grieve or weep with those that weep. Yeah, and, and I think that's part of that compassion compartment that, um, that we've got to have. We've got to w- be willing to hurt with other people. One of the things I admired about my dad was as he's worked with young people and, and working with young 13-, 14-year-old boys, and he was willing to, to hurt with them, to rejoice with them, but he was even willing to risk the fact that there was going to be a lot of disappointment for these young men. And, you know, for every success story that we've had of incredible people like the Jeff Manleys and the Woody Fox that he's worked with over the years, there, there's many other stories of young men who made terrible, bad choices. And, and you've invested so much time with these young men, and, and he's poured so much of his life into them to see the, the hurt and disappointment. But if you hang in there long enough, you know, there's a there's another mm-hmm. end of the story that oftentimes comes around yeah. even 15 or 20 years later when you see these men begin to kind of turn their lives around and realize how foolish some of their choices and decisions can be and how right the God's Word was really all along. Dan, I know that one of the things that you are probably most thankful for is growing up in a home where your mom and dad modeled those godly values. I know that's one of the things for which I'm most grateful. My dad, my mother both came to Christ uh, just prior to my trusting Christ. And so as a young person, I had the privilege of growing up in a home where godly values were, were communicated to me uh, in every way from the time we spent around the table, the time we spent in the Bible, and even the time they took to discipline me. Yeah, 
absolutely. And you know, today, of course, Don is a as a business person, and we deal in an environment with the workforce who did not have that kind of background. Yeah. And as a result, you know, we're putting up security cameras in our stores, and you know, there's more theft that goes on from employee theft than there is even from customer theft and so forth that takes place. And I think it's because we've raised a generation and a workforce today who uh, were not raised under that kind of value system. And even in college universities, Don, it's interesting to me that you know, some of the most prestigious colleges in the nation now have uh, ethics classes where they're actually mm-hmm. having to teach you know, students, very bright students in their 20s and 30s, you know, a value system that they should have learned in kindergarten and they should have learned at their home. Yeah, and I think that's one of the areas, Dan, that I know you have championed, is that the workplace is a place of ministry. Our world today still tends to want to split up even the Christian community, things into sacred and secular. And we think about ministry as being pastors and being missionaries and teaching in Christian colleges and so forth. Uh, Yet the reality is, if you're a manager of a Chick-fil-A store, if you are uh, working in retail sales over Christmas, if you're working in a factory, you're the executive in the corporate environment. Uh, You certainly have a ministry for Christ, and and I know you, uh, Dan, see that as much a ministry as anything else. Well, we're to go, you know, as we go, is what's said in uh, Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, you know, starting right in Jerusalem, right there in our own own backyard. And, you know, I'm really thankful that uh, the Bible is so very practical for us and calls us to, to, to look what's in our hand uh, I, I had lunch with a gentleman who'd been unemployed for two years. The fact is he's gone through training with some of the uh, young guys in their 20s and 30s who talk about gratitude. He says, well, guys, you know, you, you think you're, you're thankful to have a job. He says, I've been unemployed for two or three years now, and here I'm mm-hmm. 60 years old. You talk about being thankful to have a job. He yeah. says, uh, you know, I, I feel like a kid at Christmas time just to have a job. You know, as we think about uh, all the things to be thankful for in our country, so many of the listeners I know, you know, do have jobs. Now, they may not be jobs that um, that they are uh, real excited about, but just the fact that they've even got a job is so much to be thankful for. I think mm-hmm. of segments of our industry today that, you know, this is a particularly tough time for them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the Bible teaches that in all circumstances, though, Don, even when we've lost a job or don't have a job or maybe – just like my friends just got a job, we're to be thankful at all times and all circumstances, you know, based on the wonderful, you know, promise of salvation they have, one wonderful promise that they will never escape God's presence. And uh, as we wrap our mind about that concept that we can never escape God's presence, that He'll always be with us, I think that's yeah. the greatest sense of of peace and joy that we'll ever have in life. And and the Apostle Paul went through a great deal of adversity, and he put it as light momentary affliction, which produces for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory that will never be moved. And uh, that, Dan, I know is the perspective you have. You've been through adversity in your life, and and God has brought you through that. And um, your dad, in establishing Chick-fil-A, went through some hard times, and God brought him through those. And and, uh, hard times are designed not to make us bitter, but to make us better. We'll be back with more after this brief word from our sponsors. The holidays are often so busy and rushed, this can lead us to become overwhelmed and stressed, often bringing strain on our most precious relationships. 
Let's take a moment to slow down and be thankful with host Don Hawkins and Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley. And two people on the phone line with me provide a great deal of encouragement. Dr. Greg Smalley, Vice President for Family Issues at Focus on the Family. Aaron Smalley, who is a therapist and counselor, both of them authors. Greg, Aaron, great to have you guys. Hey, thank you so much. It's always good to be with you, Don. Yes, always a pleasure. You guys have a book called Reconnected, Moving from Roommates to Soulmates. And uh, to what degree... Does it uh, happen in Christian marriages that couples have this issue of uh, kind of drifting off in their relationship to where uh, instead of being soulmates, as perhaps they were when they were first married, they become just roommates? Greg, talk about that, if you will. Yeah, I think every one of us goes through this, so it's not uncommon. It doesn't mean we have, you know, a bad marriage if we're feeling disconnected. As a matter of fact, King Solomon's bride when she was his fiance, really encouraged him to guard against the slow fade when she told him to uh, guard the little foxes, these little foxes that can get into our vineyard of love and kind of destroy things. And, and what Aaron and I have seen from couples, it's it's not the big things that typically destroy a marriage. It's just these, these little tiny foxes, these small things. We get busy. We invest in kids and friends and hobbies and church and work and all these other things, kind of thinking that we can just set our marriage on cruise control, on you know some sort of autopilot, send it down the road, and hope that everything will be okay. And Aaron, it seems like when we hit this uh, particular season of the year, Thanksgiving to Christmas and all of the activities and the stresses and the responsibilities, uh, it enhances that problem. Uh, talk about how that happens in marriages. You know, it stress and um, the holidays bring a lot of emotion and exhaustion, and it absolutely can impact the relationship. So it's those little foxes, again, that we've got to guard against, not only in our individual life, but in the relationship. Let's start with you, Greg. What are some of the specific things that you are especially thankful for? Yeah, typically, Aaron and I um, travel, do teaching marriage events about 12 to 15 times a year. And so Often we we just are gone over weekends in through COVID and all the craziness of that. One of the things I'm just so thankful for is that we've been able to to both be home. I've I've learned to cook in the last couple months. <laughs> yeah, I've really enjoyed that. And I noticed, Aaron, that you mentioned when I asked what are you preparing for Christmas dinner that it's we and not you. Uh, help us understand, uh, Aaron, some of the things that you're thankful for during this time. Well, I will tell you one thing I am very thankful for is that being home and both of us being home, Greg has really started to jump in with the cooking. And so, yes, we are going to be preparing Christmas dinner and Thanksgiving dinner and all of that together because that's what we do now. And I am so thankful for that. That's a great uh, note to there to uh, recommend for families is working on projects together. And I'm looking forward to working with Kathy on that. And we'll have some family over. It's important to have some connection with family during this time, is it not, Greg? It, it, it really is. 
there's nothing can cause us just to feel better during this time of the year than with friends and, and family. I know for some that that's really hard. I know for me, one of the things, though, that I always have to keep in mind is that when we have these family get-togethers, when I'm looking forward, like we have our, our two oldest daughters who live in Denver who hopefully will be coming down um, during Thanksgiving, oftentimes I, I create these expectations, these high hopes in my mind for how this time is going to go, that we're going to now, you know, we've been all been busy and, you know, they're, they live at a different spot than we do, and we're just going to have this amazing connection and just build some wonderful memories and, you know, expand our traditions. And often what happens is that is that I build up such high expectations that it, it usually is a letdown. I want to drop back just a step and talk a little bit about the purpose of the holidays. You know, we have Thanksgiving, we have Christmas, and uh, particularly during this time, uh, from a biblical point of view, as I look at scriptures, the holidays were a way to mark time, but they were also a time for remembering, for celebrating, and for being grateful. Uh, Greg, address uh, those elements a little bit, if you will. Well, I love in the, in the story of the birth of Christ, um, after Mary has given birth to Jesus, there's a part in the story that I love that, that says that that you have to picture it this way. All these people are coming to see Jesus, to view this, this baby that they've been hoping for. And, and there's a point in time to where she, it says that Mary kind of pondered all these things in her heart. Yeah. And what what I love about that idea is that in the in the craziness, the chaos, the busyness of the holidays, that we need to take a moment. So we need to have these moments where we intentionally just stop, sort of step back and observe and just ponder what's going on, the fact that our family's together, the fact that, you know, that our health is okay, what whatever it is. Yeah. We just need to observe that and ponder that and allow that to go deeply into our hearts. That's where our coolest, deepest memories are stored is in your heart. You know, you talked, Greg, about expectations at the Christmas season, at the holiday time. And Aaron, I wonder how people can deal with those. I know you see uh, people in your counseling office from time to time, uh, and they are struggling because their expectations in the marriage have been unfulfilled. Their expectations in life have been unfulfilled. How do we make that adjustment? You know, it's it's looking at, Don, that over and over again, as we move in and out of different seasons, things change. And so thus expectations have the opportunity to change. We have to be aware of what we're expecting first and foremost, but then put it out there to family members and to your spouse, hey, what is realistic here as far as the holidays goes? What what should I expect as far as when we're doing when we're opening gifts, when we're going to church? when we're um, eating dinner together. And put that out there, especially if you have adult children, mm. because often they've got minds of their own, as we're learning, <laughs> and they have their own expectations. So if everyone can be honest about where they're at and what they're wanting, well, then work together and come up with something that works for everyone. And you're talking about grown children, and obviously schedules can be mixed and complicated. And 
Uh, but, Greg, there's technology that can let us connect up, whether it's our cell phones, whether it's FaceTime, whether it's Zoom. Uh, there are ways that we can utilize that to uh, maybe fulfill those connections that need to be made. Absolutely. And I think because of COVID, I think all of us have gotten much, much better at being able to utilize that technology. It's becoming a more normal part. And, and the point is, what what do we need to do to feel that that connection because there's certain family members that I know that I'm not going to see over the holiday and and what is that going to look like just to call to reach out to encourage just to have those conversations to ask them how things are going you know to ask them what what are some of the losses that you've experienced because within the crazy season that we all exist in so so many of us have gone through losses big yeah. and small some have lost jobs and health issues they've lost loved ones they've they've lost independence plans have changed all that loss hurts and to be able to to keep talking about it so that that would be one thing that Aaron and I would encourage you as you're with family or even over the phone you know talk about what are those losses been like there's something that connects us heart to heart deep connection when 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 we're vulnerable when we talk about these deeper issues so don't just keep the conversations at a surface level i mean to have small talk that's great but 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 talk about how are you really doing what are some of the losses that you've experienced and watch how that kind of conversation will really connect you guys and that can really open the door for genuine encouragement to take place for us to come alongside to help you know there's so many references Aaron in scripture to uh, encourage one another that uh, Mm -hmm. we're to come alongside each other to help Uh, the Holy Spirit is ultimately the encourager Jesus said the one like me And, and Barnabas in the New Testament was a great example and one of the things I like to encourage people People to do is to look at people like Barnabas. Another individual found in First Timothy is Onesiphorus. A lot of people never heard of him. Uh, was a great encourager to the Apostle Paul, who probably had one of the most stress-filled lives of anybody. Uh, Aaron, how can we look for specific ways to be of encouragement to family, to friends, and to others uh, during this particular season? Well, I'm glad you didn't ask me to talk about Anasiphorus. Anasiphorus, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you spell that? Aaron? Yes. Oh, spelling yes. Bee Tell me what your favorite thing is about him. Yeah, he, um, he was a frequent refreshment. Paul said, "You know," and, and when I think I, about that language that mm-hmm. he used, you know, I, that's the kind of thing I'd like to be. I'd like to be a me frequent too. refreshment to people. And and you know, some people have what seems like the gift of discouragement, which is not a spirit gift in the Bible, by the way, and, and yet some people practice it very well. But if yeah. we could turn that to encouragement, uh, we've got about a minute or so before the break, Erin. Uh, what are some particular specific pointers for encouraging others? Yes, like you're saying, I want to be that as well. Um, ask, what do you have going on? Or watch. Watch what they're doing. Encourage them with what they're, they're involved in. Encourage and affirm your spouse, when you see them um, loving a friend well or loving their ki- the kids well, or thank them, show gratitude for what they're doing, um, because that encourages hearts. And that's mm-hmm. an important thing, especially this time of year. You don't know what someone is dealing with, what, what sadness they're carrying, what loss, what grief. 
I want to go back to this subject of the stresses of the season, the challenges of 2020, and some ways that couples who feel disconnected like roommates can begin the process of reconnecting, Greg, and becoming soulmates. Yeah, and I would I, I would say one of the easiest practical ways to do this is just to ask your spouse in this crazy season, maybe what's what's one of the hardest things that you feel responsible for? So maybe Aaron would say, you know, I feel responsible. I got to do all the gift wrapping, or I have to think about all the extended family gifts, and just say, okay, I want to jump in and, and then help in that specific area. So I think it's powerful when we just ask each other this season. What is what are some of the most stressful, difficult responsibilities that that you feel like that's all on you, and and just get them talking, and then talk about how could I jump in and share that load, and and and, and just watch how that connects you because you yeah. guys then operate as a as a stronger team in the midst of doing that. I want to come back now to this subject of taking care of ourselves uh physically, emotionally and spiritually. 1 Thessalonians 5:23 where Paul prayed that our whole being, spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless. Aaron, let's talk first about the area of physically. What steps can we take at the end of this year and the new year physically to benefit ourselves and our marriages? Um, absolutely. Self-care makes all the difference in um, how you show up in your relationship, because if you are exhausted and worn out, you've got to have something to give, and it's our job to make sure we have something to give. So physically, I would say, you know, are you exercising regularly? Are you eating what, what is healthy? And so the end of the year is always a great time for, you know, resolutions and New Year resolution and on and on. Look at it from the, the place of how am I doing? Just taking, taking note and evaluating, is there one thing that I can do to increase my exercise or improve the way I'm eating? Not because it's the self-focused thing, but yeah. it's because I, I want to be able to show up for my family and my marriage. And uh, that brings us to the emotional side. That's great counsel from the physical standpoint. But, Greg, sometimes emotionally there are things that we haven't done to take care of ourselves. What do we need to do to take care of ourselves and to reconnect with each other emotionally? Well, I think it starts with just being more aware of how you're feeling. Um, Erin does something with us at the dinner table, and this is true. She really does this. She found some something called a feelings wheel, hmm. and it's just, I mean, there's probably a hundred different feeling words on this chart, and, and literally, we'll get it out, and then she just tells us, okay, everybody pick three feeling words. What What I've loved is that it's helped me just to be more aware of how I'm feeling, and yeah. that's a good thing when I can put words to what's really going on. That that's a that's a very very positive thing. But then the other side of that is to to I always tell people do what Jesus did when when he got to his one of his best friends Lazarus when Lazarus died, and he got to the family. Jesus knew ahead of time that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. So he he already had a solution in mind. Right. But what's so fascinating is when he got to that with that family, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Hmm. In in what so what he could have done is said, "Hey, it's me, it's Jesus. Remember son of God, I'm here. Everybody quit crying. Watch what I'm going to do." Get over it. 
Right, but instead he took a moment just to hurt with this this family before he solved the problem. And and I think, you know, there's there's a great quote that says people don't care what you know or they don't care how mm-hmm. you're going to solve something until they know yes. that you care. Mm-hmm. And and so when you're more aware of your own emotions but then you focus on just caring when people are hurting, when they're stressed, that's when you just want to step into that place of I'm just my goal is to care like Jesus did and just hurt with them. You don't have to solve anything, just hurt with them. Yeah, what great words of advice when it comes to emotion to demonstrate love. And as I recall in John 11, where Jesus wept, the next verse says the people around said, look how he loved them. He just had great love for Martha and for Mary and for Lazarus, the man he raised from the dead. And that brings us, Aaron, to the spiritual dimension. Sometimes this is the neglected area, but it's all important, our growth in grace and knowledge of Christ, our relationship with the Lord. And we sometimes get so busy during this season of the year that we neglect it. What can we do to cultivate not only our spiritual life, but the lives spiritually of those others around us? You know, it's it's prioritizing it, being aware that this is a time um, of reflecting on what what Jesus did, and that he was born in a manger, and that he then died on the cross. So it's looking at, I want to prioritize that. I want that to be a part of this season for me. And so prioritize that, set time aside, put it on your calendar. When am I going to spend time just worshiping? When am I going to spend time praying? Hmm. And, you know, include others, invite others in. Hey, would you like to get together and pray? Um, Would you like to go for a walk and pray? Would you like to go to church with me? Would you like to go to a worship night, a prayer night at church? Whatever it is. I know that there's limits on things right now, but there's also different opportunities that we can take advantage of and make sure that we're filled spiritually, but also direct others to that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com Editing by Phil Gebers Production by Elizabeth Andrade If you enjoyed what you heard today we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review It really does help people find us Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.